This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's what's up, everybody? Now my mic is working. Happy Tuesday, everybody here in lovely San Diego. Beautiful day outside. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matthew Scraby with you for four hours. I'm back from my uh, short stint away. Not long enough, you said. Certainly wasn't. Obviously, didn't miss us that much, huh, Tony? Could, I mean, listen, I love you guys. Could have stayed away from us much longer. I, you said I, I had a little more in me. I must say, <laughs> I, I, I didn't have to return. Um, I know, uh, from my personal standpoint, I didn't even call to check on my kids for four or five days. I was gone, so uh-huh. uh, therefore, uh, I am recharged, ready to roll. As I said, full four-hour show. Uh, we got a, a, a good guest for you guys today, and. Um, I'll be upfront about this probably will be the last time Chris and I discuss this topic moving forward. Yeah, we've uh, we've uh, kicked it into the ground a few I, times. I, I think we have. But uh, and really the only reason why we're going to discuss Bob Melvin today is because he's coming on the show. Uh this has been planned since the end of the off season. Obviously, a whole bunch of things happened between the last time I saw him yeah. and now you had the the two meetings, or the couple of meetings, or however many meetings they had. And then you had the whole giant situation. Then you had my short stint away. And so here we are. He'll join us at 2.40. Full disclosure, I probably will ask one question. And then because of what I do for the Padres organization, I'll step aside. I'll let Chris conduct the interview from there. But you will get to hear from Bob Melvin at some point. Or not at some point, at 2.40 today. This is something that he wanted to do. Yeah. So let's be honest about that as well. I mean, he wants to come on. He wants to talk to the people in San Diego. And it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. So uh, we'll just all wait together for about 35 or 40 minutes. And uh, no uh, no trick. No. It's a treat. <laughs> it's definitely it's a, a treat. treat for you out <laughs> Happy there. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. certainly... Uh... I'm not sitting here in this stupid sailor's hat for nothing, Tony. <laughs> First of all, I walked in today. I got into the the, the lobby, the maid lobby. I looked to my right, and I see Scraby with face paint on. Yeah. And so at that point, and he's got his, I'm surprised, but he definitely has his... Patrick Willis jersey on. Yeah, well, so maybe this is he's more buying of a back into thing. the 49ers all of a sudden. He says, <laughs> okay. "Well, they just traded for Chase Young for a third round pick." So, so oh, were you out on him before that? Tra- that well, trade no, happened. Technically, I put this together. Chris is Chris signed us up for costumes on Friday, <laughs> and I didn't. I'm glad you guys didn't let me know. 
uh, yeah, I'd let you know earlier, and you're like, it's too late in the day. (laughs) Too (laughs) Too late late. in the day. I have nothing. So I was going to go out and get a costume, then I went to the Halloween store, so expensive, so I'm walking the dog this morning, and you know, I was thinking about Brock Purdy and how terrible he's been lately, Mm. and I was like, you know what I should be? The ghost of Brock Purdy. So here is I am. Is that what you are? Yeah, without Brock a, Purdy jersey. What a Patrick Willis jersey. I know. On? This is, uh, I, you know, Halloween costumes are mostly about what you can do with what you already have. So I am the ghost of Brock Purdy. Yeah. Well, yesterday he'd given up on the 49ers so badly, uh, Tony. He got sick to his stomach and almost missed the show. <laughs> he finally had to go in the other room and throw up. And once he was able to get whatever was inside of him out, yeah. he was able to do the show. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, their performance on Sunday caused uh, Scraby to be ill for quite some time I'm yesterday. Sure oh, no one, no bang, guess, bang, niner gang? No, not too not much, no. He's not okay. been in the in I guess we that. haven't even said that if you go on the cameras, you can see my face paint. That's what the whole costume is right here, is the face paint. So you can go to 97.3 The Fan SD on Twitter, or you can go to YouTube, 97.3 The Fan, just subscribe. You'll see Chris in his captain outfit. You'll see me in my Brock Purdy ghost outfit, and you'll see Tony acting like nothing is happening today. Nothing's happening today. Yeah. Other than uh, Bob Melvin will have a mark. Marcus McNeil on to discuss the, the latest week in NFL football. A lot going on in the NFL today. Some big trades. Yeah. Uh, the the team in Washington is unloading all of their talent. Yeah, I wonder why. Like, <laughs> is the season over for them? I mean, what are they, three and five? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're I, not, I, don't, I don't really know how their season is over, but they're dropping players like uh, bad habits right now. So. Yeah, Forty uh, ers jump in there and get a you know pretty big time pass rusher for a third round draft choice. I'm always amazed at how valuable draft choices Seriously. are. Seriously, I mean Chase Young was what the number two overall pick in the draft in, yeah. a, three years just ago, a few four years, years ago. ago. Now all he's worth is a third round pick. I'm I'm surprised by that. They traded another pass rusher uh, to the Chicago Bears. Not exactly sure why the Bears are acquiring anybody at this point after their performance on Sunday night against the Chargers, but uh, Montez Sweat goes to the Bears, and Joshua Dobbs goes to the Vikings. So I think we're sh- we're aiming a little higher for a quarterback replacement for Kirk Cousins. I had heard that they were trying to get yeah. uh, Jameis Winston from the Saints, but no go there for the Vikings, so they're going to have to replace uh, Kirk Cousins with either what they have or with uh, Joshua Dobbs. But the, the the Viking season has definitely taken a turn for the worse. Yeah, I mean, first you lose Justin Jefferson, yeah. maybe the most explosive wide receiver outside of Tyreek Hill, and then you lose Kirk Cousins, which I know there's, a, there's usually a lot of jokes about Kirk Cousins. Say what you want. Certainly, it puts them in a better position than Dobbs does moving forward. And so, Kirk Cousins' uh, statistics are remarkably yeah, good he's, he, for a guy that and, loses a lot of football games. Right, he loses a lot of football games that matter. It seems like it right. Does. He, he he's a good quarterback in the league. You, he's, I would say, uh, most teams would have him as a starter on their team. Uh, he just hasn't been able to win any big games. But and he never wins a primetime game. That's, except that's, if it's against last the 49ers one, right? yeah. last Monday night. Yeah, the Bills got a cornerback. They need one. Uh, Rasul Douglas comes over from Green Bay. Buffalo's been hurting ever since they lost uh, a lot of their secondary to injury. And uh, they needed to pick somebody up to try to pick things up. Tredavious White was lost uh, during the Miami game in Week 4. So Buffalo's trying to pick up something on defense. They have to because they're, they're yeah. decimated 
on the yeah, their team side. has not looked very good uh, the last month ever really since Tredavious White you know left. I, you know, it's amazing how important a great cornerback can be. Yeah, but I'm I'm hoping that that works in the opposite direction for Miami because they're going to be getting. You know, they got Jalen Ramsey back for a bit of the game the other day, and he got an interception. They also have not had uh, uh, Xavier uh, Howard, Howard yeah. on the other side. Miami's been without both of their cornerbacks. They better get back for this weekend because they have to play Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, NFL last night, Detroit just pounded on the Raiders. I, 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 I knew Jimmy Garoppolo was not a great quarterback. Man. but. Are you kidding me that you can go through an entire game and only get one pass completed to Devontae Adams? And it wasn't like he wasn't open. That's impossible. If, there were so many passes that he missed him by five right, yards. Right. Devontae Adams either needs to be tra- – Devontae Adams is paying for what he got, yeah. which was he just took the bag. He went for the biggest money he could get, but well, he, he went traded, to a though, horrible dis- – Was he traded he was over traded. there? He was traded, and the thing was – he accepted the trade because yeah. his partner, who he started his career with, basically at Fresno State. Oh yeah, was Derek his Carr. was his was his quarterback. That's right. That That's changed when they yeah. moved to when they let Derek Carr go. Yeah, they bring in Garoppolo. It has been horrible. Apparently, it's reported that he asked for a trade, a change of scenery last month. And the Raiders were basically like, hell no. You, yeah, this well, is, yeah we, we need we, to keep we, you so we can throw you one pass a game. I, I, Josh McDaniels, if he, I mean, I've said it a hundred times. He's the have. worst coach I've You've ever seen. You've been saying it before he got the job. Before he was the worst coach of all time, and now right. he really, truly is. I mean, if you design a game plan that, you know, only direct, they only attempted one pass to uh, Devontae Adams in the entire first half. Right. That's unforgivable for for an NFL team with a player as good as that guy. The other thing is they had the leading rusher in the NFL last year. He touches the ball 17 times. Yeah. That's not enough. No. It's not enough. No, the and Raiders are a mess. They, they are, uh, they continue to be um, a lot of bit uh, of a mess. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how that unfolds. Um what else am I missing? Did you watch any of the World Series while you were on, of course. on your that's, on vacation? That's, that's what I'm missing. The World yes. Series tied or no two one two at this one point. for Texas Rangers now, yeah. ahead. Now some some interesting things happened in last night's game. Uh, I thought the first two games were great. Uh, yesterday's game was the first game that I felt like a mistake was made and it could have cost um, one team, and that team being the Diamondbacks. Now. There's a bunch of different views of how to look at the play with Christian Walker going through third base. Right. Go, being thrown out by a guy who had, I think, over 20 assists. Led the American League. Yeah. Adelise Garcia Adelise led Garcia. the American League. Just like Fernando led the National League, Garcia was the best throwing right fielder in the American League. And, and so a lot of scuttle about it. I'll just give you my perspective as uh, a guy who used to play right. and have been in this position before. A lot of times you'll see the third base coach on a base hit get really far down the line. The reason for that is he wants to send you, but he wants to make sure to have the latest look possible to have to be able to change his mind yeah. and put his hands up. As a base runner, it's your responsibility to if you're going to rely on the third base coach, you got to have your eyes on him at all time. And I get the idea that Christian Walker saw the your going sign. He was waving. He him. Put his head down. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. But I, I I've always been taught as a base runner. First of all, you're not getting any faster putting your head down. 
Christian Walker thought he was. He thought he was. <laughs> but the other thing is, it's because you aren't paying attention. Now, listen, I also have had chances on myself and seen other base runners take that look their self, and so now the the decision making becomes on them. Yeah, uh, that wasn't the case. He he was depending on uh, Tony Paris Chica, the third base coach for the, for the Diamondbacks. Whether you believe Paris Chica got his hands up late or not, he got him up. He got him up. And yeah. it was even if you have to slide into the ground at that point to stop your momentum and get back, that's better than what the other result was, which was you just continue to go forward, yeah. you get thrown out. And I think a lot of people felt like that completely changed it the game. It changed the complexion of the game. If I'm Christian Walker, I've also got to be thinking ahead on that play, Tony. And you're you're a major league baseball player who's a great base runner, so you know this way better than I do. But if you're on second base with nobody out, you got to check where the outfielders are, right? Beforehand. That's one of the things you got to know. So you should have had in your mind that that base hit was probably going to be fielded by Garcia with a chance to throw you out. That's why he put his head down. He knew he was going to be close. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, don't take the chance. It's for you should you could have first and third with nobody out. I think going in if there was two outs, you're going all the way. But with nobody out, I think you got to be a thousand percent sure that you're going to score on that play, and you should have been waiting for the third base be- coach to hold you up. Be- and that's where the the mistake was by Walker. Because in my mind. the the play is to his left, meaning it's not to left field. Meaning he would yes. have had to turn he all could the way have around. Seen he could have just peeked to. and seen the flight of the ball and made an executive decision on his own. Yeah. To get back, yeah, and there would have been time. So, are people accurate in saying that Tony Parashika got his hands up late? Yes, they are accurate in that. Does that then mean that Christian Walker only needs to take the initial look before he's like, "All right, he's waving me. I'm Let me going. get home." Yeah, I think in a World Series, it's the discretion. the The runner has to make. Uh, a discretion call at that yeah. point. So. But he didn't make the right call. And I'll tell you who else didn't make the right call, and that's the home plate umpire, Alfonso Marquez. He he really, I mean, uh, I, I think it was Lowe who was up in the, in the third inning, took an easy ball over the outside corner for strike three, and Alfonso Marquez missed the call. Next pitch, Lowe got the base hit. He comes around to score on a two-out hit by Simeon, followed by the home run by Seager. None of that might have happened had Alfonso Marquez made the right call. Now, I don't like to blame home plate umpires, and I'm also of the I'm also one of these guys who doesn't want the automatic balls and strike sumps. But when you have mistakes like that in a World Series that cost the team three runs, that's why it's gonna eventually happen. Because of stuff like that. It was a big miss. He also missed two calls on the leadoff hitter in the ninth inning. It looked like uh Moreno had walked to start the bottom of the ninth inning. Pitch was way outside, and Marquez called it a strike, brought him back on a three one pitch, he ends up grounding out. Those are mistakes home plate umpires can't make in big moments like this, because that's gonna make me have to put up with the uh with the uh the ABS, you know, the uh, automatic strike zone. Yeah, that 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 costs the Diamondbacks too. So we're talking part about of the, the last inning or the eighth inning. What was that? The uh, that was in the ninth. The leading ninth off inning. the ninth inning, Moreno had a three-one count. He also got a call in that play. in that at bat too. He had one go his way and one not go his way, but you can't miss both calls. I mean, that's just bad 
balls and strikes umpiring by Alfonso Marquez, who apparently is one of the lower rated in balls and strikes by whatever lower rated meaning good or bad. Bad. Okay. He's lower rated in terms of balls and strikes, and a lot of people are being critical of Major League Baseball for making him the crew chief in the World Series. He had a bad game last night. Hey, everybody can have a bad day, but uh, the Diamondbacks uh, paid a little bit of the price for that, too. So that was part of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's uh, get to break. For full four hours with you guys today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. More going and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Trick or treat, you got Gwen and Chris. 2.22 is the time. Welcome back to the program. Just getting underway for a Halloween Tuesday program. A Halloween spooktacular, as it were. Uh, Bob Melvin is going to be on the program. Uh, now the former manager of the Padres will join us in about 20 minutes. So uh, make sure you tune in to hear what the former skipper has to say. Uh, nice enough to uh, want to come on and uh, really talk to, uh, I think, to the fans in San Diego uh, as much as anything. And uh, we will uh, put his feet to the fire a little bit and uh, find out what uh, is on Bo Mel's mind uh, here uh, as he uh, heads on up to San Francisco. Padres, of course, are still in search for a manager. And uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., that whole thing has been very, very quiet. Scraby and I talked about this yesterday. There's, you know, there's rumors that Craig Council interviewed with the Mets and interviewed with the Guardians, and yeah. there's names that have popped up. And we heard Mike Schilt, and we heard Ryan Flaherty. But other than just people making arbitrary lists of p- potential candidates, I don't know that the Padres, who they're interviewing, who they're not interviewing. This is very quiet, and I imagine this is the way the Padres wish to keep it in A.J. Preller, too. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think there's. I think this is a, a normal process. Yeah, uh, you can. I know people want a quick answer after how things have transpired, but mm-hmm. you'd be silly to just make a rash, quick decision when you are actually trying to find a manager that can help this current team, as constructed, be able to reach their full potential. Yeah. And so, however that needs to happen, whether it's you know. 
today, next week, a month from now, two months from now, you you want to make the right decision ultimately. So I, I don't have a problem with it being um, they were able to weather the storm in terms of how everything went down. And once you do that, now you start to see things a little bit clearly. I think when mm-hmm. you're in that storm, you ha- you can have the tendency to, to rush to do something. Yeah, They've obviously been able to keep their cool, and now they're going through the process that I think every team would go through the process the same way. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, and I said this to Scrape yesterday, Tony, it wouldn't surprise me if the new manager of the Padres is Mike Schilt. It would not surprise me if it's Ryan Flaherty. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's somebody whose name nobody has brought up yet. I would agree with that. I mean, that's just the way A.J. Preller does things. He's going to uncover you know, and, and overturn every stone and every rock and, and look for everybody and try to find the right mix. And hopefully this time they get it right. Obviously, Bob Melvin, you know, that was a surprise two years ago. You know, yeah, before he came in, nobody was uh, nobody had Bob Melvin on the radar. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Padres come up with something that uh, is surprising. But uh, I also think it's going to whatever happens, they might even have something in mind right now. Uh, I don't think you'll hear an announcement until after the World Series because that's normally the way baseball does it. You don't hear a lot of announcements yeah, during the World Series. Not if, allowed to upstage the the, the biggest show in the, the, the fall classic. So uh, Padre fans can bide your time. And uh, we'll all wait together to see exactly what the next direction is for the uh, Padres in terms of a manager. But, uh, yeah, we're excited to have Bob Melvin on the show. Uh, Marcus McNeil will also join us to talk some football in the 3 o'clock hour today. We have all the rest of our regular segments uh, coming up for you as well. Uh, Scraby is wearing a face paint today. Uh, I went with the uh, skipper's cap. We have a lot of questions about your costume on the stream. <laughs> this is Gilligan, Gilligan's Island. I would have assumed too, but Chris uh, said different earlier. What? It, oh, it, people are thinking it's a Gilligan's Island. Yes, but it's not skipper. Yes, it's something really obscure. What? What do you mean? What, I what thought did you I said you were you? someone else. I don't I'm nobody. remember. I, I don't know. I'm just anybody going out for a yacht rock cruise on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> okay. That's who I am. I'm not. I'm not trying to be the skipper from Gilligan's Island. Well, that would be the that would be the 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 I guess the if thing I was trying do. to be the skipper from Gilligan's Island, I'd have a dark blue shirt on, and I'd at least try to play the part a little more closely. I I would put on about fifty pounds as well. I'd, oh, I'd you would put, put on my a weight fat back suit on. To... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to be uh, Mr. Hoy Polloy, and uh, you know. <laughs> Get ready for a nice little Hoy, afternoon. Uh, trying to be who? Hoy polloi. Uh, just some some, Ahoy, some arrogant, snobbish, yeah. rich guy going out for a sail on my seventy five foot yacht on a Sunday afternoon. Chris I got would, you. That's who I'm trying to be. I got sitting you. in the driver's chair and his nasty crackers that he brings every day will no, be brought to him one crackers. by one and you fed and to him. Get over the crackers. No, no I've, I've uh, convinced a few people to, to agree with me that the crackers. A few are people. First who of all, is a few time people? Out, time out. The, the, the few people can't actually agree with you. They've never actually been in a room to smell the crackers. No, the only person that semi-agreed with him is Brayden, and he's making oh, he's it been, seem like there's a hundred people Adam. that have agreed with him. And also Adam. The two people who've actually been in the room. Give me a break. They, they, yeah, that the, would be a good you, person to ask. No, you're right, but you made it seem as though like you've gotten a couple people like on the stream, like on Twitter. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, that's no, how, no, no. That's how no. it came off. No, people yeah. that are actually not going to lie to me, because they don't Adam, they have no reason Adam to. Adam and Brayden would definitely lie to you. They no. would definitely lie to you. As, as, Brayden, leaned, as lie Brayden leaned in last week and tried himself a couple of crackers, you were saying that he didn't like them. <laughs> so, you know, you're... 
You're, you're, uh, better watch out, Chris. I'm dead. I'm gonna haunt you. Your dissecting of the uh, situation is far off. And, uh, so anyway, it's, uh, our attempt at a little Halloween, uh, costuming here on the program today. We'll be here till six o'clock. So, uh, are there any other questions anybody has about the. No, but the, I gotta thank, uh, Dorothy from 96.5 Kixie. She was she the one who did out. my makeup. Shout I, out to uh, Dorothy. I honestly was just walking by and I'm like, Hey, how do I do this? Like I've never put on makeup before, and she goes, "I'll do it for you." Yeah, and she made me look pretty good. You forgot the uh, red lipstick. To be honest, I'm not with putting. You. Uh, well, the red lipstick. Where's the red lipstick? Come no, on, I am a ghost. And Ghosts don't wear lipstick. Ghosts don't wear face paint either. I I, I don't know That's what you're point. talking about. That's a good point. I'm just emulating the ghost. So yeah. you got to emulate your lips. I, actually, I think. Uh, Another good costume I could be right now is Sting from WWE. That would be sweet. I think you look like, uh, what is it, uh, Rey Mysterio from WWE. Oh, yeah, but I, I would have to have a, an additional mask on. Rey Mysterio. Yeah, you would have to have Legend. a mask on, but you look a little Thanks, like Chris. Rey Mysterio, I think. Um, all right. Tony, what are you? Oh, I'm wait. nothing. Tony Gwynn Jr. I'm me. Yeah, he's, he's a dad. Enough. He's a dad. Yeah. He's enough for all of us. What are we doing for uh, tonight? Are we giving away candy? Are we going trick-or-treating? What are we doing? Scraby, Did giving, I'm concerned give, about you, mostly. Yeah, what are you doing, Scrape? Are you Mostly I'm concerned about what you do on a... Halloween evening. No, I'm going to be here probably till like seven, trying to get this face paint off. And okay, so you get home at what eight? Eight, yeah. Yeah, so you got plenty of no. time to hand out candy. You know, the last time I handed out Wait, candy. When's the last time you handed out candy? Probably like seven years ago. Okay, so you're not trick or treating, and you're not handing out candy. No, I'm 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 driving home and keeping my dog Lucky from from being scared of. Of the noises of the the ghouls and the goblins. So you don't around. even participate in Halloween. And, no, I think this it's is the really... one of the ones who closes, turns off all the lights, and shuts down where no, you live, so that no. kids have to but, walk by. So you actually leave your lights on. People knock on your Put door, a big and you're old like, "Hey, outside. oh, so you actually you give out candy. You just don't personally give." Yeah, Dum Dums this year is not a really great candy, but it was. Is that it, what you're giving? It was dum-dums? easy to grab, and I was just like, "Let me get." You should be ashamed. All right, you should be ashamed. You should, as usual. What? What are you doing, Chris? What? We're we've got uh, more. We we bought out Walmart. Sounds like he's doing something more than you're doing, Mister Scrape. What are you doing, Chris? We bought out Walmart. We have like uh, five hundred bags of candy at our house, and we'll be giving them all away. That's mm. what we're doing. You know, a gas station in North County what do you gave me call a free king size Grinch Snickers. of Halloween. Um, Scrooge. You. Uh, Scrooge. Scrooge. You. No, Tony no, Scrooge. I'll be handing out candy. I'll be walking with my kids I'm to sorry. get candy. I'm sorry. What I, are you doing on Halloween? I am going to go home and stay out of trouble. Wow. All right. Well, this show is getting right. into trouble if we don't pull <laughs> out of it in a hurry. When we come back, we'll take a quick break. Stick around. Bob Melvin, former now the former manager of the Padres, is set to join us when we come back. So we'll all look forward to that as Gwen and Chris continues. It's been a After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... 
deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The best football show with Brian Baldinger wraps up the world in 15 minutes so you can be smarter at the water cooler. Join Baldy as he explains the biggest stories from multiple vantage points and the ripple effect it has throughout football. He dissects the NFL's most exciting moments and top players as only a film junkie like himself can follow the best football show with Brian Baldinger in the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Uh, we will have Bob Giants manager Bob Melvin on here shortly um, and uh, be able to kind of see what it, things look like moving forward. Uh, my Lakers got a victory last night. That was the first game of actually the second game I got to sit and watch after uh, being disappointed here watching it in the studio. I had much better success watching it at my house. Two and two? Yeah. So far, every game has been right down to the wire, right? Or the last two, No, for they sure. have. Yeah, for sure. Sacramento, they lost a close game, OT and then they game. win a close game last night against Orlando. Orlando's much improved. The NBA's off to a weird start. It is. Other than Denver being 4-0, Denver's the everybody only, else kind of jockeying for position right now. Yeah, Denver's kind of the only one that looks like the real deal out to shoot. Now, yeah. I, I don't think we mentioned it, that James Harden <laughs> got traded from, he no got kidding. his wish. Trade yeah. it to the Clippers. I got to be honest. You look at the what the lineup is going to look like on paper. I don't know how this makes them better. Uh, I don't either. You got Russell Westbrook. Looks like he's going to run to one. James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, who I mentioned because obviously he's an Aztec for life, but he's also been injured quite a bit. He's going to be banging with the likes of an Anthony Davis. Playing uh, power forward now. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder, and listen, he's a pretty stout dude. I, having got a chance to meet him for the first time at Peco Park this year, he's not small, but I imagine the likes of uh, Antetokounmpo or a da- that kind of banging, I'm sure that's not the greatest thing for six, seven. I think. Four. I think if you just look at the history of James Harden and you look at the history of the Clippers, how can this possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. It's going to go wrong. All right, let's jump to the phone line. Joining us on Gwen and Chris is uh, former, current, excuse me, giant manager, Bob Melvin. Bob, Bo Mel, how are you today? All right, how are you guys? We are well. I'll get right to it, Bo. I know having got a chance to work with you over the last couple of years and, and listening to your comments since uh, you, you've, you've taken the new job, you're not in the business of, of mudslinging. So, I'll just ask you, in terms of the Giants, um, what made that a better fit for you? Yeah, well, you're right about the the mudslinging thing, and I, and I feel awful about uh, you know how that ended in San Diego. First of all, so look, you know, it's a lot was made at the end of the year. Certainly, there was a lot of drama surrounding the you know the situation. Um, try we tried to work through it thought we did there toward the end um and then got together and had a meeting uh at spring training a few days after the season 
you know, AJ told me that the Giants had called and what did I want to do? So, you know, I tabled it really and, and just wanted to talk about our situation going forward. I wanted to see it through. And as you know, um, you know, I was committed to, to the Padres. And, you know, we started talking about some things that, you know, were issues, you know, to get to the point where we were at the time. And, you know, it just didn't seem like it was going to get much better. It felt like, you know, that the, the, the drama and the narrative that, that ended the season really just wasn't going to go away. And I don't think it was fair to the organization. I don't think it was fair to the team. I don't think it was fair to fans, anybody, because if you go into the next season and, you know, it, it, it something goes wrong and now now it's going to pop up again, it just, just didn't feel like there was an, an end to it. So it, as we discussed it a little bit further, uh, it just felt like maybe the best thing to do for everybody was, was listen to the Giants. And, and once I did, you know, I was lucky enough to land somebody somewhere else because there's only so many of these jobs and being able to go, go home obviously had something to do with it. Bob, uh, what did you think about the way this whole thing kind of transpired? I mean, as it was happening and you were right in the midst of it all, was it uh, was it something you kind of wish you could have changed that was, it was happening, but there was no real way of controlling it all? No, and, and no, you're right. And it seemed like it got worse and worse when really, you know, it, it, inside it wasn't as bad as it seemed. Um and look, I, you know, I wouldn't trade my time in San Diego for anything. I, I, there were there are days on the baseball field, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, that were my favorite. You know, as much is a few of my favorite ever. So, um, it, it just it just felt like it was it was going to hard to get past what was being reported, not being reported just from one, you know, uh, outlet, but it seemed like more and more as it went along. Bob Melvin is with us, and uh, he's now the manager of the Giants. It, it had to be a difficult season to, to manage the Padres. As you look back over this season, was there anything you would have done differently this year? Uh, any changes you would have made that, yeah, I don't know, you've got to second-guess a few hundred things, I would imagine, after a season like this goes the way it did? Yeah, well, it's easy to do now. You know, it's, it's real time <laughs> that... It's real time that, that, you know, it kind of got away from us a little bit. But obviously, you know, and that was part of this whole thing, right? The the magnitude of it was, you know, the expectations of the team and, and you know, who the, the personnel that we had going into that season. So, uh, you know, that had a lot to do with it was, you know, everybody felt like we were supposed to be in a much better place. And as the season went along, we just couldn't get out of it. And, um you know, so everybody felt bad about where where the team ended up. Bo, you've been in two like opposite end of the spectrum situations in terms of roster with Oakland and then in San Diego. Do you take anything from your experience um, dealing with a roster of the likes that you had here in San Diego that you think will help you moving forward? I think you, you try to take a little bit of everything and learn from every situation that you're in and, and definitely that but you know the year before as bad as last year was the year before was you know it was fantastic and and you know one of the reasons I wanted to come on and I wanted to talk to you guys was to let everybody know and and thank everybody for my time in San Diego I mean the people that covered you know myself and the team certainly the fans there and, and you know I used to go out to the dugout 
25 minutes for the game, half hour, 25 more minutes for the game, just so I could take in the scene every day. It was one of my favorite things about being in San Diego was going out there, looking out at Gallagher Square. It's already packed, looking up, you know, in the upper deck in left field and seeing that, that you know, people were starting to sit down there and knowing it was just going to be another scene, another event, uh, that that the fans were just so supportive of that team and you you really didn't want to get immune to that or callous to it so i used to do that every day and then you know obviously the one of the great days of my baseball career was you know when we beat the dodgers the reaction of the fans in the stands and and, and around town and everything that day and you know manny's reaction and everybody's reaction in the dugout and so forth so as bad as it seemed in 23, 22 was really, really special. And you kind of have to balance that when you realize, you know, now you're moving, I'm moving on to another chapter in my career. And the San Diego one, even though it didn't end great, was very special to me. Bob Melvin is with us, uh, formerly the manager of the Padres, and uh, so many things have been written and so many things have been said out there, Bo Mel, and uh, you know, there's been reports even resurfaced that uh, you didn't like Juan Soto on the team, and then we heard <laughs> we heard reports about Josh Hader only wanted to pitch certain innings. Was this a difficult team to manage, or are these reports just a little bit haywire? I, you know what? I'm not. I, I really don't want to get into narratives and look. Juan Soto, I talked to Juan a few days ago. Juan knows Soto knows how I feel about him. I know how Juan feels about me, and those are the most important things. And, you know, as far as Josh goes, we we communicated a lot over the course of his time there, and, I, you know, Josh and I are in a good place too. So, you know, if, if you answer one question, then it's going to lead to another one and another one and another one, and it just doesn't feel like uh, the timing for it is now. One thing that's crazy is that uh, the Giants opened the season in San Diego. Did you? Did you? I noticed that. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did here recently. How yeah. many? How many millions of emotions do you think that's going to bring with it when you uh, check into San Diego for that game? Hey, I'm still trying to get through this process right now. I mean, you know, saying goodbye to so many good people, you know, in the San Diego, you know, whether it's the players, whether it's you know, the people that supported me from above, Peter Seidler is a fantastic man. Eric Rutner was so good to me in that organization. AJ and I actually, I like AJ. He likes me. We just had some differences as far as, you know, baseball philosophies were. But the players, all the players, and if I mention one, I need to mention them all. They they were fantastic to me. So, um, look, it, uh, it, it, I'm just trying to not be too overwhelmed with, uh, what's going on now to think about what opening day is going to feel like. But I, I did notice it when I looked at the schedule. Bob, uh, we really appreciate the time. Uh, just going out, uh, something you just want to, I mean, you kind of touched on a little bit, but speaking to the fans, that's why you wanted to come on. We wanted to give you the platform to come on and try to clear the air a little bit. It seems to me you've done that. You've addressed everything without getting too specific about all of this stuff, which we don't really need to know. But just kind of on your way out the door, kind of a last parting word, and then uh, you know we'll start rooting against you. That's all. <laughs> no, look, I just, just, I mean, whoever gets to manage this team, San Diego going forward, is is going to be blessed. It's a fantastic team, and amongst a, a fan base like no other. And and you know, just being in San Diego and experiencing San Diego, man, what a, what a joy that was. And. And, you know, I got to be around guys, you know, the Hall of Fame guys, Trevor Hoffman and, you know, baseball royalty, 
Tony Gwynn Jr. and his family, and, you know, it, it just – there's so many things to love about San Diego, and like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything else. So another chapter going forward, but just kind of wanted to to clarify where what I was thinking, kind of where I was at, and be and so appreciative to you know everything that transpired there. All right, well, we appreciate you coming on, Bob. It was fun uh, working with you the last couple of years. You've been nothing but great to us, and uh, uh, we do wish you the best in San Francisco. I'm just kidding, and uh, we'll see you on opening day, if not before. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. There he goes. Bob Melvin, uh, now the manager of the San Francisco Giants, uh, checking in with us before he heads out the door for good. Uh, You know, look, he doesn't want a mudsling. I don't blame him. I don't think we need to know. Yeah. Every little detail. It would be it would be fun, I guess, in a perfect uh reality TV type of world, you know, to know <laughs> yeah, everything every single thing that was said between AJ Preller and Bob Melvin. But he, he I think he clarified it there. He said, I like AJ, he likes me. We it's, just don't see eye to eye. We have philosophical differences right. when it comes to baseball. To me, that's all I need to know. I, I don't need to know exactly what everything is. Um, you know, he says he and Juan Soto have talked. I'm sure they're fine. I, I didn't believe a lot of those reports to begin with, uh, honestly. The, I mean, Bob Melvin's too smart to want to get rid of a guy like Juan Soto. I, I You know, this whole thing, the way it transpired, he knew it was kind of a tough deal as it was going on, yeah. Tony, but... It was happening, and it, and as he said, if you dig through the beginning of what he said there, you know, they tried to work it out. They thought they had it worked out, but, you know, some things just kept coming up that weren't going to go away. The narrative wasn't going to change, and uh, when all of that happened, it was best for him to, you know, check in on what the Giants had to offer. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, they aren't the first two to have baseball philosophical differences. Generally speaking, that is why most relationships in the game don't work out. Because, as we said, you got to have two sides that see it at least philosophically the same way. There might be little pieces that are, are different variants of you know how one another feel about the game. But in order for I believe in order for a franchise to move in a direction that we all want the Padres to move in. They all have to be pulling in the same direction. And you have to have an honest conversation when you are talking about baseball philosophy. And if you're not on the same page, what good does it do to continue down a path when you know philosophically you're never going to merge or come close to it? Yeah. Scraby, any thoughts that you had uh, during that interview yeah, that you want to throw in? Um, right. Yes, I do. I think that he sounded like a guy, honestly, and this is my first thought, is a guy who really didn't want to leave but had had to go forward with his career in some way. And uh, he, he sounded like he really did legitimately enjoy being here in San Diego. And, uh, you know, I'm just – bummed that it didn't work out because I really wanted to see one more year with Bob Melvin at the helm. But we move forward. We move forward. Last time, as I said, beginning of the show, this is the last time you're going to hear, at least on this show, us talking about 
this particular subject. Wow. Now, now what it's that's my everyday. Yeah, I know it's your everyday, but it's not Chris and I's. At this point, now the focus becomes on who who becomes the next manager of yeah, the Padres. Yeah, hoping and, that they can find somebody that uh, you know the organization and that manager can uh, have some, some more similarities in their baseball philosophies and be able to work it work it out a little bit better and uh, you know get the most out of this team. I, I I guarantee you that's probably the the biggest regret, and I and I wish I would have asked him what his biggest regret was, and I meant to. But, you know, his biggest regret probably has to be the fact that this team just didn't uh, reach the expectations that were set for it this year. You know, for a manager like Bob Melvin, who's had so much success, I, I think that, you know, we all went into this past season expecting great things, and I'm sure he did too. Yeah, I, you know, this is also me kind of reading into it a little bit, but you did ask about the reports of him wanting to trade Juan Soto and how it was to manage Josh Hader. And I got the feeling that those reports were kind of uh, exaggerated a little bit. Like, I don't because think I, don't really believe, I don't believe that Bo, uh, Bo Mel wanted Juan Soto gone. You know, that, that that doesn't make sense to me. All right. Well, it was a lot to unpack. Uh, we will uh, give you an opportunity if you'd like. Uh, we got a daily gambit coming up, but if you want to chime in with what you hear, what you heard, some of the thoughts uh, that you have based on what Bob Melvin just had to say, you're more than welcome to join us. We'll squeeze some phone calls in, 833-288-0973. And then, uh, so, yeah, what is it, 833-288-0973. You know what? Uh, I felt really ridiculous during that interview on the cameras with my face paint wall. <laughs> well, what's going on? If, if you're just I'm, glad he in. I'm hoping he wasn't watching yeah. us interviewing and Chris while I was trying captain. to be all serious with my skipper cap on over here. I, I needed you to have like a corn cob pipe while I you're wish, asking him those I questions. Wish that, that ah, yes, Mr. <laughs> Melvin. Yes, yeah, Mr. Melvin. Shay, can you tell you us see? about the thing, Shay? Yeah. I, I really wish he was watching on the stream while you guys were asking I'm him glad questions. he was. I looked over for a second, forgot I had face paint on. I'm like, this is being recorded. Right now to be posted later. Like thousand people are going to download this later tonight because they're going to want to hear the interview with Bob Melvin and they're going to look at these two idiots on camera. Who's this jag with the face paint on asking these serious questions right now? Yeah, that's us. That's us. Yeah. All right. right. We still got. We're uh, still pizza doing. We're still pizza doing. We still got. We got the uh, daily gambit coming up. We got some phone calls coming up. Uh, We'll get to what you have to say. I'm, I'm curious to hear some of your comments on that interview based on that interview. Uh, we'll have uh, Marcus McNeil to talk about Week 8 of the National Football League. That's coming up in the 3 o'clock hour as well. Oh, I got a quick 10-second topic that we could talk about. What you got? You remember Wally the Support Alligator? He got into the last game. He, I just saw that. No, he got into a uh, Flyers game. Flyers, that's what it Look was. Look at this, Chris. Remember that that he tried to get into a Phillies game with his owner, but the owner is holding him like a little baby. It's so you cute. You know what? That surprised me. They let octopus in on the hockey game. No, they show. don't let octopus in. People <laughs> sneak octopus in. But he look at this, Chris. Have, he didn't have to sneak the gator in, though. Would you guys ask for a new seat if there's an alley? Are you going to are you gonna give me a quick Mattress Mac update as well? Something else I could care less about? <laughs> Wally I the am, alligator. Wally the alligator was discriminated against when he wasn't allowed oh, in the Phillies game because he off. was an emotional support animal. You know what I need if he's going to sit next to me? Look how cute he is. Uh, do you remember the what was it? Swamp what was it? Swamp Kings? Swamp Swamp Thing? Swamp, no, the, the the show where they get wrestle the alligators and drag them in in New Orleans. 
Or right, in, hey. in Louisiana. You ain't seen this before? Uh, you're watching something that wasn't available in my it area. I'll have it for you when we come back and break. <laughs> okay. Morgan and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.